Ah, Tom Parry. Matthew I remember Boyle. being like you in the prime of health, in the prime of my life. But alas, here I am in a dressing gown, smothered in Vicks. Feeling sorry for yourself. Feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> if that was not evident for the tone of my voice. But it's okay, Tom. It's a Sunday. And despite my illness, that only means one thing. Yeah? It's time for Tom and Martha. I was going to say one thing. I don't know why. It doesn't even matter how hard you try. Oh, no. Don't bring Lincoln Park into oh, this. It's a bad know. precedent to set at the start sorry, of the podcast. Matthew. But you're not feeling so well. I'm not. No. no. I'm clutching a cup of tea uh, like it were the most desirable thing on earth. Well, like the it. fact that you're doing the podcast despite feeling crappy is a testament to your dedication to <laughs> the art of podcasting and uh, wanting to... Create something for our listeners to enjoy. Delivering some hashtag content <laughs> to the boys and girls throughout the world. It's very good of you. you? I try my best. I, I, I say up front, I don't. I don't. Uh, <laughs> God, I can't even think of words to say okay. like this oh, might no. not be the best podcast. So let's just get into it on Parry and see where we land up. You all right? I'm all right. Yes, thanks. Just been playing uh, a Game Boy Advance game that uh, picked up yesterday. Yes. We went out for a little trip to a local flea market here in Denmark yesterday, and uh, there was a nice big basket of uh, Game Boy Advance games, among other things. Yes. And we went for a little dig in there, and we found some uh, reasonable games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I naturally uh, did the most of the plundering. Uh, I picked up such great titles as... Dogs, with a Z, uh, from Ubisoft. Dogs 2, just in case Dogs 1 wasn't enough. Uh, are those reasonable games? Or are they just for your collection? Do you know if they're are, any good? Or I can't They imagine. were about on price with what they are being asked for on the Ebays. Mm-hmm. Um, dogs 2, substantially rarer from the looks of things than Dogs 1. Who would have oh. thought? I would have thought those games were incredibly popular. Um, I, I think the Game Boy Color is the generation where dogs was a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I miss the original ones on the PC. Yeah. The aesthetic of them. I don't know if they carry over into it the... It does not. No. It becomes It becomes kind of... More like Nintendogs. Proto-Nintendogs mm. uh, in the Game Boy Advance era, I hey, believe. I, I never thought we'd talk about dogs on no. this... No, uh, me neither. But there we with go. With a Z, yeah. No, especially since <laughs> I'm a cat's person <laughs> with a Z. You didn't find any of them, though? No, I didn't. There was no cats things in there. I don't think there's any cats games on the GBA, actually. Would that imply that dogs are more popular than cats? I, some might say Tom Parry, but I would state that those people are wrong. Anyways, um, I found those. I found uh, the GBA port of Need for Speed Most Wanted. I got uh, Peter Pan, Return to Neverland, which is an all right game. I have it as part of a compilation. What kind of game is that? Is it a platform it game? It is a side-scrolling platform, ah, yes. As one good would guess. Imagine. <laughs> it's all right. It's from the people who did Lilo and Stitch. So ah, yeah. it's not a bad game. Yeah. Uh, what else did I get? I got um, uh, Bionicle Heroes. So, Bionicle Heroes, two dogs titles, Need for Speed, Peter Pan. I got another two games, 
But alas, what they were escapes me is lost the time because mm. I cannot be bothered well, to get up and look. I can remember what I got because I'd just been playing it. Uh, Justice League Heroes The Flash for the Flash. Game Boy Advance. And you recommended this game to me because I wasn't going to pick it up. I was no. a little bit unsure. You were very much on the fence. And I was like, hey man, it's a way forward side-scrolling beat-em-up. I remember it being very good. You yeah. should check it out. Yeah. And I looked up a video on YouTube. It looked all right. And some guy said, oh, this is surprisingly good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I didn't take what you said into account, Matthew. I just uh, need my encyclopedic opinion. knowledge of game by games, <laughs> and then you you doubt it. So uh, yeah, what well, it is? Yeah, side scroll and beat more, but it's more than just side scroll. It's isometric. So it's, yes, unlike most, you've got a fairly big area to run around in, which makes sense for a character like the, the Flash, Flash, who can uh, at the press of the A button zoom towards his next uh, adversary, and yes. uh, you know then you uh, just pummel the uh, B button. And there's other moves to learn. There's a strange one where you hold down B and spin the D-pad around to do like a whirlwind attack. That's yeah. a bit different. That's, if you get surrounded, it's a good way to attack the enemies. To clear out a group. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you meet uh, quite a few uh, famous characters, so like Gorilla Grodd. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's this sort of like female version of Mr. Freeze, killer... Ice, Frost, Killer Frost, Killer Frost? Is that I don't right? know. I'm not not sure. familiar with that character, but uh, these are a couple of the boss fights uh, quite early on in the game. You start off in Flash's hometown, then you uh, proceed to go to Gotham City. Yeah. And it's really fun, actually. This was made as a tie-in to another game uh, that was released for Xbox and PS2 and also PSP and DS, I think. Yeah. Uh, called Justice League Heroes. This is a side story to that game, which uh, has been described as uh, Diablo with superheroes, and probably that's a good analogy because it was developed by Snowblind Studios, yes, who uh, did the Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance games, which are well, very so. good. Yeah, you know what to expect going into that. Actually, that was a game I never had much interest in, but now knowing that this is a side story to that, and seeing that the gameplay actually looks fairly similar, obviously yeah. there's a lot more um, customization. Uh, options uh, maybe that's if i find it cheap enough i might might try that it is a game i've seen multiple times and assumed it would just be crap but no, now i know it's by snowblind yeah, i'm kind you, of interested play um as superman and batman and the other i think they seem to be the main two yes. but you can play as the other uh, justice league characters I think you can, as yeah. well yeah I, I looked that up and there's quite a lot of unlockable characters you can also play as like yeah. aquaman i think uh, that was cool, but going back to the GBA game, um, it's got a nice challenge. It's not too hard, not too easy. It's fairly unique for a size growing and beat em up. Uh, obviously, I think they've just taken that template of uh, the other game. And so, yes. how do we do this on a GBA? How do we simplify that mm -hmm. slightly? And it, it feels ends up feeling more like a size growing and beat em up than it does, you know, like a Diablo type yeah. game. Um, but it, it's really quite fun. And it's got voice samples and fine music. I mean, I, I wasn't really playing with the music up loud, yeah. but I, it's, it's yeah, it's good. Yeah, I told you. I mean, it's a 7 out of 10. I, hey, man. From what like, I've played, it's for a solid three game. quid, 7 out of 10 is a pretty good get. Yeah, yeah. I'd uh, I'd recommend this if you're looking for, if you like Star Wars and beat ups on the system. There's other good ones. Like, you got Star Wars, didn't you? Episode 3? I did get Star Wars Episode which 3. Which is another good side-scroller. Uh, in a more traditional kind of way than The Flash. Yeah. And also, there's that Turtles game, which is pretty good, based off the movie. The, yeah, the TMNT one. Yeah. And, uh, the and Konami Turtles yeah, ones are also very which good. Which is, funnily enough, the last thing I picked up on one of the flea markets was yes. the double pack of those two mm -hmm. Konami side-scrolling Turtles games. Uh, so, yeah, fairly happy with that. That's been my only pickup this week. 
not the only game I've played, but uh, the only game I've actually bought this week. I'd Surprisingly, say. not for me. Um, I went out gallivanting uh, with my wife on Tuesday of last week, uh, just because we both had a day off, and so I I went to one of these big indoor flea market places. Oh, so two flea markets in one two week for flea you, flea market in one week. Um, How was your haul? It was. It wasn't too bad. Um, I actually I found uh, three boxed GBA titles. Uh, Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX Two, which is not a very common game at all, so I was pretty happy to pick that up. I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought much about that being a rare game or no, anything like that. But uh, you don't necessarily think any sports titles are going to be rare, but something Matt like Hoffman's BMX. Pro BMX One is everywhere. Matt mm. Hoffman's Pro uh, BMX Two. It's one of them later releases. So, would you yeah. say? Uh, so much so that it's not even got a matte uh, box. It's got the like later when people were clearly cheaping out on their cardboard yeah. choices a little bit more glossy, Ooh. like some of the Game Factory games. Never knew that. Yeah, if you some if of you, the tele games ones like that. As yes, well, maybe. some of the mm. some of the more budget games that were released later in the system's mm. lifespan tend to have a bit more sheen to their box. So much so that sometimes you can pick them up and think, oh, is this a bootleg? But no, it isn't. It's just they crapped out on their paper quality as time went by. Yeah, I think maybe my copy of Urban Yeti is a bit like that. Yes, your copy of Urban Yeti would 100% (laughs) be like that. Um, Yeah, I picked up a copy of Star X, uh, which is... I know that name. Yeah, it's a... um, It's kind of like um, Star Wing. It's a uh, a flying game, uh, 3D on a GBA. But not as good as Star Fox. Not as good as Star Fox for obvious reasons that it's not got a super effects chip or anything like that. It's just going what it does. And I got um Iridion three D as well, which is uh, a similar premise. Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've heard because that. It was yeah. boxed uh, the Iridion two GBA game is pretty good as a side scroller. So I was like, well, they're boxed. I like shoot 'em ups and I've pretty much got most of them boxed on the GBA. So I was like great. Pick these up. They were a good price anyway. Good price. Something I didn't know existed that I did pick up and I haven't had a chance to play yet. Uh, the disc was a bit scratched, but fortunately it was only 10 kroner, so I was like, well, I'll take the gamble. These, ironically, they all seem to have come from the same shop in nearby the town I went to in Denmark, in a, a town called Herning, where the, the big stadium is here in Denmark. Um, they all seem to be from the same shop and someone had clearly just sold them on at this flea market after the fact and left the original stickers on the front. Um, so I need to go back there again because that's where I bought, if you remember way back when, uh, my copy of like Airblade 64 and yep. some of these more obscure things. Yeah, box, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but to be honest with you, I imagine it's probably been ransacked by now. Mm. But they had a copy of Altered Beast for the PS2. Gosh, I forgot that existed. <laughs> Me too. Um, but it was 10 kroner and I was like, well... You got it? I did, yeah. I picked it up. It was 10 kroner. I was yeah, like, well... Yeah, well, I think 10 kroner. Try it out. Yeah, exactly. It seemed to be uh, among the more higher priced uh, PS2 games, okay. ironically. Uh, unfortunately, it did a manual, but again, it's 10 kroner. I wanted to give it a go. So yeah, you don't I've, want to spend any more than that. I've heard it's not uh, I've heard amazing. it's not great either, much yeah. like the GBA one, which is also demands a high price. Is that the support a GBA of the Mega Drive port of the one? Mega Drive one, but it's not supposed to be very good. I haven't been a big fan of Auto Beast anyway. It's I'm okay. not sure if it's... it's fine, but... It's actually, I, I'm, I will say with a caveat, I'm not sure if that GBA one is a port or if it is a remastered, like a reimagining of Altered Beast the same to tie way. tie in with the PS2. No, because there's also that Shinobi game that is very much not a Shinobi Ooh, game. Just reminded me of that Shinobi game. Yeah. Not so good. Not so good, unfortunately. No. Yeah, I also got a white GBA, which I need to actually 
perhaps do a little bit of retro brightening too. The the screen itself was fine and it turned on fine and it looked nice. Not quite white. A little bit yellow, but yeah. it was well. it was pretty cheap. So I was like, okay. I also got a Raccoon City Stars mug. This is a wonderful mug, and it's unlike most mugs. It's a plastic mug. It is a plastic. But it's mug. got a sort of like three uh, D um, plastic detailing. Yes, uh, it's Soft, it's, a, it's got like a know. rubber. Thing rubber on, was the word I was looking plastic. for. Good job, Tom. I'm the old one, and I can remember the word rubber. Um, yeah, it's got this weird like rubber wrapping around it, and I actually did a bit of research on it. It's a pretty rare thing. Can to... we find this on your uh, Twitter? You can, yes. Yeah, so at at Game Boil, if you yeah. want to have a look at it. But it's a, a 3D mug with some some weird things going on in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can find that on my Twitter at uh, Game Boil uh, and have a look at it. But yeah, it's this weird rubber thing. It's a pretty obscure cup, though. It mm. was part of a a range of Resident Evil things that you could buy in the early 2000s. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen they did like Resident Evil action figures and stuff yeah. as well. Uh, but this one is just a bizarre thing that in the fact that it was the only thing they did for Nemesis to start off with, it's literally a mug like this 3D mug, which looks like the kind of mug you might give to a small child. It does. It doesn't look like a, a grown-up's mug. No, it does not look like a grown-up's <laughs> mug, which adds to the confusion. And then the other thing is a a fridge magnet photo frame that makes it look like you've got an ID for the mercenary company that Carlos, the other character in Resident Evil 3, okay. uh, other than Jill Valentine, is a part of. Yeah. This is a really weird set. Unfortunately, I didn't know of this photo frame, otherwise I would rather look for it. But to be honest with you, if it was there, I probably wouldn't have recognised it. The mugs, nice thing for me about that mug is that huge Capcom logo on it. Yeah. It's like cool Capcom mug. I just saw the Stars logo and I was like, yeah. oh my God, that's a weird off-brand mug. And as I got yeah. closer to it, I was like, oh no, it isn't just crap printing, it's rubber. That's weird. And then I flipped it upside down and saw that there's like Capcom trademarks and yeah. stuff on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. it was it was less than a quid. So I was just like, oh, bugger it, I'll pick it up. It's about 50 pence or something like that. It was wonderful. Like four corner, so. It's a wonderful mug. It is. But not dishwasher safe, I imagine. Oh, I, I would imagine you were probably correct in that <laughs> assumption, Tom Parry. No, it's gonna. It's just going to go in the games room. I'm going to throw some pens in it. Like, <laughs> what else that, is a boy great. to Actually, do? Actually, that's the best uh, use for it. Exactly. And I mean, you know, if I need to ever erase any pencil, I can just rub the Stars logo against it. Yeah. I probably wouldn't actually do that. But Wonderful. Don't worry. Someone out there who collects Resident Evil merchandise yeah, is having yeah, a panic yeah. attack at the, yeah. the thought of me rubbing a Stars logo. Anyways. Yeah, that's what I picked up this week. Uh, have you been picking up or playing anything else? I know you said you haven't well, bought no. anything, Tom, but... I t- did say I hadn't bought anything, but then as I said that, I remembered something else I picked up. I picked up the Sonic Adventure 2 Japanese Collector's Edition. Oh, okay. For the Dreamcast. Okay. It was like a special celebration thing. It was only on sale for two days in Japan. Yeah. Uh, the game itself looked to be getting quite pricey on eBay. I remember seeing a lot of it around at a certain point. But these, someone was selling like had like 30 brand new copies of the game and they were selling yeah. them at like uh, £25 each. Yeah. Um, I, I got them a bit under 25 and the best offer and with postage it was 25.50. Yeah. So I think that's a good price to pay. Other people are trying to sell it for a little bit more, well, twice as much as that. Actually. Is this the one that comes in like a box? It comes in a box with a coin, the soundtrack, yes. and the game, and the book, I think. So it's typical of uh, collector's editions we'd get nowadays, but it was back in the, in Dreamcast, the Dreamcast days. days. So it's a cool thing, and as a Sonic fan, I thought at that price, 
I should probably pick it up. Brand yeah. new as well, yeah. That's fair. I yeah. I actually the the reason I'm familiar with this is because our friend Adam from Games World Bod had a copy yeah. in stock at one point. I yeah. don't think he still does. I never thought it was a particularly pricey thing, but seeing the other prices on eBay for it, I felt this price was probably I just thought it was like the box, to be honest. Good. I thought it's the... got all the characters on it. Yeah, I thought it, it looked really cool. Nice collage of characters. It's a nice thing to have as a Sonic fan. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. Uh, but as far as games have been playing, I played Until Dawn. Oh, really? Uh, for the first time the other week. I know I'm a little bit late to the party with that game. I have still not played it, so you're quicker than me. But uh, <laughs> I was actually... cleaning out the hors d'oeuvres by the time I get there. Yeah, I, had, uh, I wasn't actually thinking about playing it, but... Uh, Friend, a mutual friend of ours, Lauren, she she said to me, because I'm staying over there yeah. at the minute, she said, have you played Until Dawn? It's really cool, isn't it? And I was like, well, I've heard it's good, but I've never yeah. played it. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, it was on PlayStation Plus yes. uh, for free a while ago. So I re-downloaded it. And, and Lauren was quite keen to, to see it again. Yeah. She'd, she'd seen it previously, watched a friend play it something. Yeah. And she said, oh, it's just a cool game to watch. And she's quite right. It, it is, mm -hmm. because it's like a movie where yeah. you actually make the decisions. Okay. So, uh, what's the basic premise of it is many years ago, well, no, a year prior to the events of the game, should I say, a bunch of uh, teenagers. Yes, yeah, a teenager. Teens, One of their friends has the, passed away, right? The twin sisters die okay. on this trip. A year later, their brother invites the rest of the gang back, yeah. which seems weird, yeah. but back to the same place to you know hang out and kind of maybe come to terms with what happened there. Yeah. So immediately you know something's up because you see there's the killer who appeared in that sequence at the beginning of the game where the other yeah. two died is hanging around. So you mm -hmm. know something's going to happen. But what's great about Until Dawn, for those who haven't played it, is its unique uh, gameplay. Of course, it's a little like uh, an adventure book where you get given a situation and then you get given a choice of what do you want to do in this situation. And of course, yeah. that will affect... You know, have a knock-on effect what happens later on in the game. But also the fact that uh, relation between, relationships between characters can change depending on your decisions. Yes. So uh, if you pause it, you can see a menu which sees your um, relationship with another character. And um, basically it's kind of broken up into little chapters where two characters are together. Yes. And you do that part and then you can see how their relationship changes throughout that part. A lot of them are either going out with each other or there's been some history, yeah, romantic yeah, yeah, history. Yeah. So uh, you can increase your humour level with that person or your yeah. um, romance level. Okay. Uh, you can see why maybe fans of The Sims might enjoy it, actually, because yeah. you're building up stats as you play it based and creating relationships. But also that then says, okay, well, if you are, you know, romantically involved with this character, you're probably more likely to be together with them, which means that if the killer arrives in a scene, you have more yeah. chance of surviving because there's two of you. Quite it's possibly. How it's how I understand it anyway. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and also the other, I think, startling thing about it is its visuals yes. and its atmosphere. I mean, it's it's got a lot of atmosphere. It does a typical thing, you know, Log cabin, yeah. dark wood, yeah. you know. But it's all rendered very nicely, especially the characters. Um, and they're portrayed by real actors, real-life actors, their yes. likenesses at least. And you've got, um, what's her name? Claire from Heroes. I can't remember the yes. actor's name. She's one of the Hayden main... Hayden Pantier. She's, yeah, yeah. She's got a fun name. Yes. <laughs> and um, probably the most famous actor in there now is uh, Remy Malek, who 
plays uh, the brother of the, yes, the, the he deceased does. twin sisters. Mm-hmm. And his performance is particularly noteworthy, I think. He's, he's, a, he's a fine actor, and uh, his uh, performance carries through really well into this game, even though it's a virtual version of him. Yeah. There's so many intricacies in the facial expressions and uh, obviously all the motion capture. Yeah. His performance does really shine through in the oh, game. I was checking he was in there. Um, Peter Stormare is also in Which the character game. does he play? He is Dr. Hill. I oh, don't know. yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's another interesting interesting about the game. The end of every chapter, or the beginning of every chapter, you, you'll be with him in an office in first person. Yeah. You don't know who you are exactly, which one of the characters you are, or anything. I guess that's determined by you playing through the game, potentially. Yeah, and you're given like decisions. Like, what do you find um, more scary, crows or cockroaches? Yeah, I've heard this. And yeah. depending on what you pick, you see more of that in the game, and you can kind of... He said to me one time, oh, actually, your selection have contradicted your actions within the game. You said you, you play, would play like this and you're yeah. not playing like this. So it's quite fascinating how the game kind of um, twists measures and, and twists and turns yeah. based on your um, From my understanding decisions. as well, uh, Peter Stormare is also in the, the on-rails VR experience, is he not? Or is there some... Russia Blood? I think so. I thought he was. There's he some, could be. There is some spin-off that is related to this, or it may be the other game from this studio they've announced that hasn't come out yet. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure he was in a an E3 trailer. Okay. Well, his it. performance, again, is uh, quite noteworthy, as, as are most of the characters, to be honest. They yeah. put in a good turn, and uh, it's an incredibly engrossing, unique game that I don't anyone to check out, really, if you like movies. Yeah. Uh, in general, especially uh, horror movies, and uh, I think you're going to get a lot, of, lot out of this. But don't expect to have as much interaction as uh, you might expect from a lot of video games. No, I, I mean... It's, uh, it's similar to an FMV type experience, just with... It is very much an FMV game yeah. that's rendered, right? Yeah. Well, as my wife was saying earlier, you were joking that I was ill, and perhaps Mark and my wife would have to step in and do the podcast, and she'd not played any games apart from Picross 2 3D. And she was saying to you, oh, it sounds a bit like Bandersnatch. And I was like, well, yes, because Bandersnatch existed years before Bandersnatch with yeah. Choose Your Adventure books and stuff. So yeah. an FMV game. It's a good comparison, I think. For those of you, for those who don't who aren't familiar with FMV games or Choose Your Own Adventure books, I think that's the interesting thing, right? Bandersnatch will now be the Choose Your Own Adventure thing. Or, like, for our generation, it's F&B games. For my brother's generation, who's nine years older than I am, it's Choose Your Own Adventure books. Mm. I think Bandersnatch will be that thing now. I don't think Until Dawn was big enough to become the... Oh, it's like Until Dawn. Yeah. But Bandersnatch was such a cultural thing that anything that's remotely Choose Your Own Adventure, like Branching Path Narrative mm. now, will always be Bandersnatch. Even though Bandersnatch isn't a fantastic example, no. I don't think, but it it was incredibly new, different. You know, that hadn't been done before with an interactive TV show, I yes. don't think. Uh, but of course, Until Dawn, I think, uh, is a little better at creating that same that feeling of choice because it doesn't feel like there's any dead ends in it. Yeah. Um, I feel it's quite short, though. That's my oh, only... Yeah, I had it short, but I played it for about, let me think, Probably just under two hours, yeah. and I'm up chapter three. Okay. And I think there's maybe like ten chapters or something like Oh, really? Like that. Okay. It's yeah. not as short as I thought it was then. I t- heard people say they'd, they'd play through it in about three, four hours. Really? Yeah. You can wander around a bit in certain situations. Maybe it's more like a game. six, seven hour, actually. Um, you know what I will ask, Tom? I will ask the Oracle called the Internet uh, on howlongtobeat.com. I heard ten. 
I heard less than that from someone, okay. A, a, okay. A, a, a mutual friend, but I could be there, wrong. There's, there's fun little bits like uh, snowball fights. Yeah. I'm actually playing it with the motion controls. Yeah. So that makes it an even more unique experience because, for example, you aim to throw snowballs with that. Because huh. there's a sort of like romantic scene where you're throwing snowballs at each other, oh, you know, and it's like uh, you can choose whether or not you want to throw it at a, a, a bird. Yeah. I don't know what happens if you do. I didn't want to throw it at the bird. No, of course I not. So that wasn't very nice. Yeah, exactly. You know, but something that could influence the game yeah. as well. Potentially later on someone sees you do that and they react to it or... Yeah, and the characters are so well written. It's like some come across as real jerks. Yeah. So it's like you kind of want to give them a hard time. You're encouraged to kind of mess yeah. with them, you know, and they kind of, in the end, though, you can influence them to the point that they can kind of be more like the character you want them to be. Okay. It's yeah, it's very interesting. I, I'd suggest playing it. I will give it a go. It's, it'd be a fun thing to play with Marta. I yes, think, I'm you know, sure it would. Because she could enjoy the the story. Yes. Or maybe she could even play the game with you, and you yeah. can take turns. I think it's a. We can good, give it a go. Good thing to yeah. try. Just before I forget, I did pick up two other things this week. Um, I picked up a copy of uh, Dragon Quest One and Two finally for the Game Boy Color. Uh, oh, were they on the Game they Boy They were color? on the Game Boy Color. Um, were they together it, in a double pack? They were or? in America, Tom Parry, that hmm. wonderful land of RPGs and opportunities. They released the the first two games as one and two. They then released three as its own separate game because it's a lot more substantial than the first two. Then they released uh, Dragon Warrior Monsters, as you know. We also got that. Yeah. It's got a weirdly different label and then they released dragon warriors 2 whereas we only got i believe it's kobe's adventure they tried to do a pokemon thing where they did two different versions of the game Hmm. uh, where one the main protagonist is a guy and the other one's a girl and we never got the one with the girl but they did in america right so yeah confusing i mean but i also I, I think maybe we got the first Dragon Warrior in Europe. It didn't sell very well. And then America got all four of them on the on the NES. I think so, we got one of them, didn't we, in Europe? Because I think we saw it won the flea markets, did we not? That was an American copy. Ah, right. Which okay. I'm still kicking myself for not picking up, but perhaps I will in the future. Mm. Now I've got the GBA, uh, GBC games. Uh, to be honest, I'm not really that bothered. I'll play them through on that, I think. Yeah. God, that would be a nightmare of a car to review. That would have to be a two-parter, I think. Yeah, just well, thinking two games. the length of that. Yeah, yeah. Don't Anyways. review it. There you go. Well, I want to because I want to <laughs> play it. Um, yeah, so I picked that up. I also because someone had posted one on a Danish Facebook group, and I'd seen it, and I thought, well, I should probably get a copy of that. And it was a Brazilian Game Boy Color copy of Metal Gear Solid, Factory Sealed. I was like, wow, Brazilian Game Boy games aren't... Ghost Babble. Very common. Yeah, but it's just called Metal Gear Solid there. It's oh. dropped the subtitle. Is it Babel or Babble? I think it's Babble. Okay. There's there's language things going on throughout Metal Gear, if you remember, with 5. Played a bit of 5. Oh, they, <laughs> it comes back to language in the end. I haven't played enough of 5, actually. But um, You should play... 5 five's fantastic. Five's I, 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 I know it's fantastic. You know, I've sampled the game. But, but alas, you play games for three hours and then never <sighs> play them again. Terrible, aren't I? You are, Tom Parry. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I saw this and I immediately went in quite high on it. I was like, 400 kroner. Like, 
it's a factory sealed game. It's Metal Gear Solid, which probably means it's more valuable than this anyways. Mm. And mm. it's a Brazilian copy, which I know as a Game Boy collector and I'm sharing with my audience, are pretty obscure things. The same way yeah. that uh, Master System collectors mm. know that there are exclusive games released on the Master System in Brazil. Less so with the Game Boy Color, but they did get ports of games. Mm. Um, and so there's just some weird... Their market had weird picks of games. Yeah, well, well, why is Brazil as it is? Why um, is the mass system still sort of uh, current? So you see, even well, I mean, it isn't anymore. Like no, they, okay. it's been phased for a out. longer, longer time. For a longer time, into like the mid two thousands, the Master System and Mega Drive were still getting Brazilian games, and admittedly, most of them were just sprite tax, where they would put in local licenses in place mm. of other characters. Mm. Tech Toy? Tech Toy is the company that yeah. did it, yeah. yeah. But they would do that because in Brazil there is an incredible import tax oh. on video games. Right, yeah. Uh, on products in general, sorry. Electronics and then there is all in electronics. And then there is a massive tax on video games themselves. Yeah. So when you naturally you put these two things together, uh, the price of a video game is probably, by our standards, like a couple of hundred quid. Yeah, so the company that would make them within Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. They are not like, and when I say a couple of hundred quid, I'm not being flippant there. I'm not saying they actually cost a couple of hundred quid to buy. Yeah. yeah. Compared to the wages of your average Brazilian worker, yeah. they are very, very expensive. And so Tech Toy Man should do a deal with Sega to enable them to yes. create hardware and software. Yes, yeah, so they could buy this cheap tech. Yeah. At an affordable rate because it was it was legacy tech by that yeah, time, yeah. and then they could import it, and then they could start putting Brazilian mascot characters or whatever mm. into games there to sell to the Brazilian public. Are trying to be at an affordable rate, but not such a thing now. How do you know how it's changed now? It's um, to my understanding, they they have games in Brazil. You mm. can buy an Xbox One. Uh, I believe Nintendo actually set up, and I think this happened around the same. The time of the Game Boy Color, which is why you can buy Brazilian Game mm, Boy Color games, mm. actually set up production in Brazil specifically for this, ah, so they, right, okay. Brazilian people would be able to get their games and wouldn't have to pay the import taxes. Yeah. Uh, I think the same thing. Tech Toy was the first person smart enough to do that. License it, gets hardware and some of its software, and then put them out there. Mm. There's been a long-held belief, and I don't think it's ever been proven, that there is a Brazilian version of Gunstar Heroes for the Master System. But no one has ever been able to find a copy of it. But people have seen box scans. People have actually even found the box, like a, in, an empty box in flea markets, but no one's been able to find the cart. Or at least that was last time I checked. Right. I don't know if it's ever been substantiated or confirmed that it ever existed, or if this was just promotional stuff that was put out and it never appeared online. Or maybe the ROM's out there now. I don't know. I haven't checked in a long time. But I saw this. And I was like, well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in hard and heavy on this. I'm gonna bid quite high i bid up to 500 and then someone outbid me i was like before i do this i'm just gonna check on the internet and uh, lo and behold i managed to get a box sealed copy for about 350 kroner with postage from brazil so oh so i, I let that, that one go um yeah but where you can go when the bidding up well this happens. is the thing like i've also seen them sell for a lot more but i think someone mm. just in brazil discovered a like a box of them and then just had them on ebay so top tip if you're looking for something quite cheap Quite cool. Go buy that copy of Metal Gear. Anyways, yeah, those are the games I bought. Game I've played, Tom Parry, yes. this week. 
uh, is actually a bit of an odd one. Uh, it's a game called Neo Atlas. 1469 New World Exploration Simulator. What could that be about? Well, for starters... Oh. <laughs> New World Exploration Simulator. Yes, exactly, Tom <laughs> Parry. That is... Well, I mean, that uh, that does it a disservice. Essentially, this is I a Japanese... You can. It's a Japanese-only game by a company, I believe they're called Art Dink, if you care to look down the bottom corner. Studio Art Dink. Yeah, Art Dink. <laughs> it's a Japanese studio, and they've made these Neo Atlas games since the PlayStation 1. However... This is the first game in the series to be localized uh, in English, and actually it's available in Japanese and English. I believe if you're an American listener, you can actually get this in your eShop. It is fascinating because it's a Japanese game, but all the text on the back is in English. Yes, and I have no idea why, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, You can actually buy it on Amazon in the UK for some reason. Like, this is a Japanese release, and I got it from my local library, and it was also a Japanese release well, there. got it off Amazon as well, then. Potentially, but uh, from my understanding, libraries have to go through a special system, so maybe someone had imported Maybe it's a, a library because it's educational. It is, yeah. and that's the surprising thing about it, is it's kind of, the back says Exploration Trade Quest. So there is a visual novel element to this game, that <laughs> you would hate, wow. and to be honest with you, is actually kind of getting in my way of really enjoying the game. Because yeah. when I want to go and explore the world, the I keep getting like, admittedly, it's early days. I've only been playing in an hour, but tutorial stuff keeps coming up in the way of like my crew talking to each other, hmm. and it's just like I just want to explore, man. Like I know what I have to do. You've given me the quest. Let me go do it. But it's trying to explain other mechanics to me, and it's just like, oh god, I find myself skipping a a little bit. But this game is essentially, it's got this quest bit, and then... It's before Christopher Columbus discovered yes, America. Yes, it is. Uh, this is, you are playing as explorers from Lisbon in Portugal. Mm. Uh, and obviously, as you know, the Portuguese also went around the world quite a bit before Christopher Columbus did. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, and then the Spanish also did the same, and that's where you get like the, the Spanish influence on South America and all these other things. Vangelis, but, 1492. Yes. Yeah. Conquest mm-hmm. of Paradise. Great soundtrack. Yeah. That film has. I haven't seen it. You never seen it? Gerard Depardieu. Gerard Depardieu? Yes. Um, but anyway, this game <laughs> is... Essentially, I have always liked games like Civilization. However, I have never really got into the whole combat thing of Civ. And so I'd liked building up my city and doing these other things and discovering all these things. But then by the time I got to any place I was happy with, I would be attacked and killed. Mm. This game is mainly about, hey, we don't know a lot about the world. We kind of have a rough idea of what Europe looks like. And the the game's opening FMV is talking about how the world has waterfalls on the edge. And then just seeing all of this, this like ship floating in water. It's a really cool FMV. If anything, I think you should check that out. It's just the ship floating in water, and it's just you see a, a destroyed ship on the rocks, and the ship's trying to turn, but it's getting sucked, and you realize it's going to go over a waterfall, and it pans out to say, like, hey, the earth is flat. And that is obviously the belief of the time. Some might say it's the belief of the earth now, depending on who you talk to. But the whole point of this game is, like, you have a scientist on board as well who's like, hey, the ancient Greeks thought the world was round. The current mission I have is I need to get to India, which is called something else, because it's 1400. Um... So, hey, we need to get to India. We could go all the way around 
the the African coastline because we know that's supposed to be where it is. But there's also loads of pirates in the Caribbean. So mm. if we go that way, we're going to get attacked by as pirates. As the film has taught us. As the film and the <laughs> Disney ride have taught us. And so you're like, okay, we can go that way, but we need to we need to start making more money with trade routes. We need to start doing these other things. Or we could try and go westward and sail around the world, not only proving that the world is round, but also getting there quicker and safer. So you're like, okay, we should do that. But how you do that, as I've said, is trade routes. So you mm. start going around Europe, and you can literally, you have a giant map of Europe as you understand it, and there's mist around the outside, kind of like an N64 game. And you don't know what's beyond there because you haven't got there yet, so the map won't load in until you're there. And you need to look around Europe, and you literally do that by zooming into the map. Hmm. And by zooming into the map, you can either see rumours, which are these little, like, clouds almost floating around, hmm. of, like people talking, and so you click on those, and it's like, oh, I hear, they're, I hear they're making a new material called silk in the West Indies. And you're like, oh, shit, I should go over the West Indies and zoom around in the map and find out where they're making silk. So there's this whole explore, explorative angle to the game of you looking at a map and going, okay, And cool. then you're actually sailing there. And then you're actually, like, plotting a course to sail there. Yeah. Or you can talk to... The, you can set sail there and, like, discover the land. And you have a... I don't think this will come into play at all with the story. I don't think you'd be competing against other fleets, but the story set up saying, hey, we are, like, emissaries of the King of Portugal... We, or I guess it's the King of Spain at the time, I'm not too sure. Uh, you should, um, you, anything you find in the world, you have exclusive rights to bring back to Portugal. So we're doing that now, and like my, my wily crew of explorers is going around and we're trying to find these things like silver or... Uh, we had to, the first mission to show you how it works is essentially it's like, hey, Lisbon's got amazing grapes for making wine. There are oak barrels somewhere in Europe, so you should go find oak barrels. So you find them in England, and so you you go there and you're like, hey, we you have these barrels, we have these grapes, you can make wine. And then so you say, okay, we're gonna set, we're gonna buy grapes, we're gonna send you grapes, and then in cha- exchange for the grapes, you're gonna give us barrels. And so you set up that, and once you've done it the first time, your ships just keep going mm. back and forth and exchanging barrels for grapes, and then obviously you're gaining profit from doing that because not only are you getting the barrels, but then you're making wine, yeah. yada, yada, yada. It's interesting that it's a Japanese game with such a fascination of, of Europe. Well, no, I mean, the world, not really. Nec- it's not just it, I mean, yes, it is, but I mean, it's also a fascination with Europe that I think is very prevalent in Japan okay. sometimes. But it's so, so far away. Well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. but look at most anime. It, yeah. it has a fascination with medieval Europe and, and even the new Pokemon and, games. Right, yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> anyway... But this looks interesting. I'm going to play a little bit more of it. It's very easygoing, though, to be honest with you, as I've said, I'm getting a bit miffed at how much text and how much yeah. things there are when mm-hmm. I... like, I literally just want... I was... I discovered silver. I'd seen a place with silver, yeah. and then I'd seen a rumour that said, hey, if you go to this village, they know how to craft silver into jewellery. And I was yeah. like, right, great. So I saw a ring on the map, and I was like, oh, great, it's there. And before I could click on it, I got transported back to Lisbon because yeah. they were like, oh, we got to do this for the king. The king set us a mission. I got a mission. I was like, yeah, but now I have no idea where that fucking ring was in the middle of Europe and now I need to go look for that again. Oof. It's a bit annoying. Yeah. Let's see. As I said, it's early days. It could just be the two But it's stuff. unique. Again, 
as you know it is a very unique game and naturally as i've said many a time i find myself drawn to more unique things like yeah this we've because... talked about two unique games uh, yeah. until dawn and uh, neil atlas 1469 yes exactly so i'll play more of it i'll let you know next week uh what it's all about mm. a game that's not so unique it's a new pokemon game that's nope. <laughs> been announced uh but you know i hope it brings with it some um, new things for the series although judging by the trailer it seems to be quite faithful to the format of the Cinnamon. previous games but yeah but not so let's go pikachu it no. doesn't carry over some of those more user-friendly aspects of that game which you could either for some people like our friend maddie he's incredibly excited about the new one yeah he had no interest in let's go pikachu he didn't feel like it was a proper pokemon game i was actually in a group chat uh, with some of the guys i play apex legends yeah. with naturally i've played lots of apex legends i'm not going to talk yeah. about it again yeah. um and i was talking with those guys and they were they were really excited around this new pokemon announcement and one of the guys mm. I play with was just like, oh, man. He goes, I don't know. He goes, I just wish they'd just remake red, blue, and yellow. And I was like, they did that literally last year. Yeah. And he goes, what? And, like, all of the guys who were in this chat who were super into Pokemon, like... Hadn't realised what Hadn't realised what it was. <laughs> and are now looking at buying Switches. And I'm like, oh, Christ. Nintendo just did a poor job of marketing that, I think. Yeah. I think people who weren't watching those directs just thought it was Pokemon Go. It's ironic because my mate... One of the guys in there still plays Pokemon Go, and he yeah. didn't even realise what it was. Oh, that's so. interesting. I didn't know. Because I assume that game was just, just really popular. I mean, it did really well. Yeah. Like People bought, you know, the Switches sold out very instantly, and people seem to enjoy it. And I, I know a lot of people who bought a Switch just to play that game. But I think it will be unfair to say this new Pokemon game will have no um, new elements. And, of course, it will do. I mean, yeah. it, first of all, we just touched on it then. Its setting looks to be... The UK. The UK. Yes. I mean, I don't know if that's been confirmed, but there are elements in the well, levels what we've I seen mean, that would imply that. Castles and such, and yeah. I assume there's going to be Pokemon that maybe look like a knight. Yes. I'm wondering this because the games are called Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yes. I'm thinking maybe you catch a sword Pokemon in one, a shield Pokemon in the other, and the idea is... That no. So no? This, uh, what our, you know? Our good, no, our good friend Cody had a theory that I think on. has precedent that I've not I really seen. I to Cody about this. His theory is that the starter Pokemon, which are called Score Bunny, which is a Fire Bunny, uh, Sobble, Sobble, which is the water one, and I've forgotten and the Grokey. name of Grokey, which is the name of the Grass Monkey. Yeah. His theory is even though there are clearly on the the logos, which I don't like the logos. I, I'm not going to get into like that, but I, I really don't like the logos. There's clearly like wolf heads a wolf head above on, the, on yeah. the on the hilt of the sword and on the top of the shield. Mm. His theory is they are not wolves, they are dragons. And the reason it is set in Britain, so potentially, be... is they will all be around Arthurial legend. Yeah. So the legendaries will be dragons, and your yeah. starting Pokemon will probably turn into Knights or a knight them. or a warlock oh, and a barbarian. Well, still, it still could be that the Sword and Shield could end up being weapons for a bigger Pokemon. That was my Potentially. Idea. I mean, like, they've been doing some fusion stuff, right? Yeah. With the, Isn't there, like, team-up stuff in the Pokemon card game at the moment? There is, yeah. So, More powerful cards which have two Pokemon yeah. teaming up. Yeah. So maybe there's something to that. I don't know. Like, I mean, you've it's already got days, the sword really. Pokemon anyway, and I didn't think it was very good. They've shown us a new region and the new characters, but they haven't gone into gameplay details. There's hints in the trailer that there might be some stadium-type yes. things going on. I've long thought that because there hasn't been a Pokemon Stadium game in so long that yeah. they could integrate the different Stadium Cups into yeah. 
their next Pokemon game. Well, I mean, it would make sense now that they've bridged the gap between handheld and console. That's also. right, because the novelty of Pokemon Stadium was the fact you got to see your Pokemon 3D. Yes. And now the 3D Pokemon are at a point where they look really good, and there's no point in making a Stadium game really separately, no. other than if you want to sell more games. Yeah. I suppose they could do that, but I think people feel a bit bit cheated they have said they're going to announce more pokemon stuff for this year though so i wouldn't be surprised if we see like another pokemon ranger game i'd love another pokemon snap but i'm not a big fan of pokemon ranger but i could uh, snap could come I back i like i like the mystery dungeon games so yeah, not that okay. i've really played a pokemon de- a ranger game all the way through but i think that series has got legs mm. but first impressions are good i think that the trailer does its job it's got me excited about a new Pokemon game. I look forward to seeing more of the newer Pokemon because you, you saw a lot of the. They don't really to like release. Well, no, of anything more than them, they? just the starters at the minute because you saw like it wasn't like black and white where it was all new Pokemon, no. wasn't it? It's like this world seems to be inhabited by you know very familiar looking Pokemon. Yes. So far, but I hope there'll be a few more. Maybe I don't know because Sun and Moon didn't actually have. 150 new Pokemon, did it? It had no, a, it had a like smaller amount. 60 or something. And they might do that again, I don't know, rather than do 150 more. To be honest with you, I mean, now they have the scope of mm. a console release. Like, I mean, look at the size and scale of Breath of the Wild to actually maybe have enough room in that game to actually let you catch yeah. all of the Pokemon. I think uh, our friend Cody was a bit disappointed. It wasn't more like Breath of the Wild. I think he had yeah. this vision for the next Pokemon game. It was going to be like that kind of yeah. massive open world kind of scenario. But I think I'm not surprised because Game Freak have always been a studio which has kind of understood what Pokemon is and they've not yeah. wanted to deviate too far off that initial template, just make it look nicer. I wouldn't say no to a massive open world Pokemon game, though. I think no, I think cool. I think it could work, but uh, I would. To I be honest, you, I would game prefer that. To, I, th- I think I would prefer that to be the Pokemon Snap game, though. Yeah, if you could do mm. a big open world Pokemon Snap game where you know, like, you go around that and you quest in, and you you do Pokemon battles, obviously, because you want like shots of Pokemon battling and things. Okay, but then you go out in a big world and you're exploring, and you're like, hey, we should. I need to take a picture of a Charizard, but I need to battle Pokemon to get up yeah. to the top of the mountain to get to the Charizard. Yeah. Or, Well, there's lots of things you could do with the Pokemon brand in terms yeah. of different gameplay experiences, which maybe it'd be nice to see them tap into some of these yeah. more out there ideas. It would. If it's got Pokemon in it, it's probably going to sell. Yeah. <laughs> depending even if the idea is a little bit out there mm-hmm. the snap i think i don't know how well it did but it has a huge following now yeah because uh, it was so unique yeah i think so i mean i just don't want it to be on rails again no 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 and that's fair i think now it doesn't have to be on rails really no mm. oh well You've been playing Dead or Alive 5? I have, yeah. I've been playing through the story on that. The, a story Not Dead or Alive 6, may no. we point out, which was released on, I think it was released on Friday, wasn't it? It did come out on Friday, mm. yeah, which is surprising because I thought it was supposed to be out on Friday, like Tuesday or something. 1st March. Maybe it is. Maybe the physical releases aren't out yet, but the digital one is. I don't know. Because and now they're that... available to buy online. Yeah. Um, I saw saw them online. saw that Amazon was selling it for like 43 Shop 2 was selling it for just 35 Yes, 43 quid on Amazon. Yeah, right. Shop 2 seems to be the cheapest at the minute. Uh, but they're out of stock of the Xbox One version. They've got PS4 copies in. Yeah. And I think they're also throwing in the Steelbook with it as well. Okay, I'll check here in Denmark to see. Mm. But we played the, the demo of it the other week, and we talked a bit about that. Yeah, we did. Um, I'm 
well up for getting it. Yep. So, you know. I'm gonna soon. Pick, I'm gonna pick it up. Like fiddling around with this version now of playing five and going through the story. I realise that I haven't had a good fighting game in my life for a very long time. And I quite play it. Well, you're a fan of Dead or Alive, aren't you, specifically? You know, there's been... It's a, been a weird thing for me. It's because I, even though I had Tekken when I was a kid, mm. like I had, I, I got Tekken 1 with my PS1 like at Christmas when it came out. Mm. And it never really gelled with me. Uh, as soon as I got my birthday money, I literally went out and bought Street Fighter Alpha 2 and I played a lot of Street Fighter. Mm. I kind of fell off Street Fighter because I just, I felt that I... There are the people who are good at Street Fighter are so good at Street Fighter that if I just play online against someone who's very basic at Street Fighter, I still get destroyed. And so I've I, never I've had that issue myself. Yeah. So I've never wanted to really do that. Like I said, Tekken's never gelled with me, though I have liked the the last Tekken game. It's like I played a bit of seven. It seemed seven really nice. It's really good. Um yeah, and beyond that, like I like the Persona fighting games, but I, f- I feel I like um both Dead Alive and so Calibur kind of sit together as being some of the more accessible 3D fighting games because they've got. I an don't e- like Soul Calibur. It's interesting though because I feel they're very similar. I think the way they play is very uh, friendly. If you're a newcomer, you kind of can play them straight out the gate, really. Yeah. Uh, and they also have the uh, eight-way run mechanic, uh, so you there's an emphasis on moving around the. Um, yes. The. the the player and of course they both came out at a similar time for the they dreamcast did. so i felt that those two have always put together yeah. i say yeah dead alive 2 came out it's interesting because you also had the games before them the predecessors which mm-hmm. were on the playstation and saturn respectively yes um but it wasn't until their sequels that they really Took nailed off. that ease of um playing i i think no and yeah, I'm a big fan of both those series, but it's Dead or Alive adding some new mechanics in there. That's really cool. Um, yeah, I'm actually finding myself missing those R1 button things now when I'm playing it 5. It makes 5 seem a bit too simple. Yes, it does. It's, five, it's, all... it's an interesting game because I feel like they made it more accessible. There's something about the gameplay that feels more forgiving in 5 yes. than it did in 4. Well, I mean, it, it allows you to mash a lot more, which is what I'm quite surprised by because it it's all about... Uh, literally I'm playing through the story mode so I've only played as a few characters but for me it seems like at the moment like I just played as Tina a lot of her moves seem to be around button combos rather than like holds or anything well she's got quite a lot of holds yeah wrestling moves Tina yeah. oh no but I mean like hold back for like two seconds oh there doesn't like, seem to and that doesn't I seem don't think that's a really anyway. a dead or alive thing no but I mean it has been with like uh, Hibusa like to do the like downward teleport thing okay. and stuff. There was some of that okay. in there, but they seem to have stripped all that out of this version. Yeah, I feel like Dead Alive, you could apply the same sort of control, regardless who you're playing as. Yeah. You can kind of play as anyone because they all follow a similar um, system. Yes, though yeah. obviously speed yeah. is the, the key there. Yeah, speed the emphasis damage. is, is um, countering and also getting your attacks in at the right level, be the low, medium or high in yeah. Dead or Alive. It's the most straightforward kind of engine or me- me- mechanism yes. for a fighting game for sure i think at the moment yeah but i'm still get i'm still really bad at reading if it's a low medium or high attack when i'm blocking so i find myself crouching and blocking a lot mm. <laughs> in hopes i don't get hit but uh yeah these new additions to six uh new sort of counter 
attacks. Yes, so, I thought uh, they were really cool, and I kind really of missed cool. them in this. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's good that it's got that, because otherwise Dead or Alive 6 would probably feel too much like Dead or Alive 5. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't have felt like buying it. To be honest with you, it felt very fresh, and I was like, okay, I'll go back and play 5, get familiar with it, but I'm like, shit, actually, I may as well have just... Also, they've got those close-ups where you feel you're really making contact when you zoom in on the face yes. when you punch them in, yeah, in yeah. 6, which is very reminiscent of Mortal Kombat Yes, 10. I mean the X. The story in this is clearly riffing off the, the Mortal Kombat game, the first one, not before X, that brought this whole, like, hey, you're going to play as all the characters going through the story thing. But didn't Dead Alive do that before Mortal Kombat? I don't think... Did it? Because Mortal Kombat X didn't, came after No, I know, I know that, but, like, there was a... What's the first Mortal Kombat game when they rebooted Mortal Kombat? Deadly Alliance. Deadly Alliance. Deadly Alliance is the first game to do this. I'm pretty oh, okay. sure. Okay, I can't, I can't remember. It's been a while. Deadly Alliance, and then um, I, there was another one, and there was Armageddon, and then, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it was done really well in X, I think, because yes. it was seamless. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yes. Anyways. I'll be playing a bit more of that, I think. And yeah, even the though the storyline story in 5 isn't particularly engaging, No, it is not say. connected at all. And also there's no incentive to unlock characters in this last round version of 5. So. I'm going to do it because at least it's getting me used to playing like against different characters. And, also. you know, when 6 comes out, you'll know where they're up to in the story. Because they do actually reference 4 in 5. They you know, do, the yeah. Story. And to be honest with you, I, I, I found myself when I sat down, I was like, I'm sure I beat the story mode in 4. Did I just beat... Is there an arcade mode in 4? Was there just a story? And then they they, they showed the building blowing up. Yeah, and I was like, oh, actually, no, I do remember doing a this. Very, yeah. Does that have a long CG sequence at the end? Yes. For, it's the same for everyone? Or? Yeah, I think so. No, maybe you get it if you do it as certain characters. Certain characters actually are involved with the main storyline, yes. whereas other characters aren't. Yes. I think, that's I, think I played as uh, Ayin, as yes, I said. Yes, and, and Kasumi. So and, she was involved uh, in it, and Ryo. And yeah, Hayate. Hayate, yeah. 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 Anyways. Gosh, we got on 54 minutes. It's actually nice. been relatively consistent. Apologize to the people at home for the the stumbling of my words at some points of this. I but think again, you've done a, a marvellous job, Matthew. Good, because yeah. I feel exhausted. I'm going to go for a lie down. Yes. Um, yeah, it, while I go have a lie down, uh, why not check out the podcast uh, in the variety of places you can, such as on tomamattack.com forward slash podcast on blastprocess.com and also in iTunes and Stitcher when they're there. Why not give us a cheeky rate and subscribe? Nearly Let there, us know Matt. you're listening. Finish lines and sign. I know, I'm going to do it. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom Attack and on Twitter at TMACast. You can find me and those pickups I previously mentioned at Game Boyle and Tom at Tom Parry 11. Okay, I'm going to go for a lie down now. <laughs> this has been exhausting, but thank you very much, Tom Parry. Oh, thank you, Matthew Boyle. Okay. Uh, a what, pleasure. What do we say to them, Tom? Because I have no strength to say it. We say game on or go uh, to sleep. That we do. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>